Section 2 of A History of the Earthquake and Fire in San Francisco by Frank Aitken and Edward Hilton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 2 The Earthquake April 1906 found San Francisco living its life intensely, pulsating with the vigor of achievement and hope, full of the joy of living. The year had been one of unexampled prosperity. Trade had never been so brisk, business never so good before. Again and again the real estate business, the building operations, the volume of business, had surpassed all records population was increasing with wonderful rapidity. Never had the city's future seemed so bright, its destiny so certain, as in those early days of April. San Francisco had probably never been more carefree in all its laughing years than on the night of April 17th. Easter Sunday had just passed, and a new season of jollity had begun. Society was a whirl with a merry dance of pleasure festivities were everywhere theatres and other places of amusement were thronged the metropolitan grand opera company had just started upon a long engagement at the grand opera house that night caruso in carmen was at his best the house was filled to the foyer and the great audience left the theatre still thrilled by his magic tones toward midnight the cafes and restaurants began to fill Parties dropped in for those quiet little suppers that were a part of the city's fame. The rattle of dishes and clink of glasses, a merry laugh or a happy chuckle, a snatch of a stage joke or a bit of repartee, perhaps a play on some words, this for an hour or two. Then all was still. The city slept. A lone policeman on his rounds the clanging bell of some owl-car anxious to be off the street, the tread of a newspaper-man or so hurrying home, mayhap the uncertain antics of some befuddled fellow, scarcely more than this anywhere. The city slept, unconscious of the manner of its awakening. Slowly the stars faded into oblivion. Dawn crept over the hills, some sleepy folk were getting their wares out for the early morning buyers. A sudden rumbling hurried closer and closer. The houses of the sleeping city shook as if seized with a sudden ague. At first came a sharp but gentle swaying motion that grew less and less. Then a heavy jolting sideways. Then another, heaviest of all. Finally, a grinding round of everything irregularly tumultuous, spasmodic, jerky. It was as if some titans laying hold of the edge of the world were trying to wrest it from each other by sudden wrenchings. Plaster showered from the walls, nails creaked in their sockets and pulled and wrenched and tried to free themselves. Crockery and glassware smashed upon the floor. Doors flew open swung round, jerked off their hinges. Furniture toppled, pianos rattled their keys in untimed janglings. Chimneys snapped and fell. Houses groaned and twisted and reeled on their foundations. Outside, streets were seized with writhings. 
hillsides slid the city shook itself like a dog coming out of the water people ran from their houses and crowded into the streets in hotels and other places where many lived under one roof the commotion nearly reached a panic they crowded and jostled one another in their flight down the stairs and reaching the street ran about in very colored night garments overawed by the unaccustomed experience some women screamed some wild-eyed men wept in the frenzy of their fear and as they ran and wept and screamed the tembler ceased abruptly it was gone mysteriously without warning some said it had lasted two minutes five an eternity in reality it was over in forty-eight seconds throughout the city was heard the grating and grinding and rattling of houses and the crash of falling chimneys in the neighborhood of the city hall the noise was appalling the heavy iron columns filled with concrete with their massive cornices on the west and south sides the greater portion of the dome and much of the roof of the south and west wings of that great monument of graft and incompetence fell with a crash into the street across market street the roof of the majestic theatre fell in other buildings downtown collapsed as the crashing of falling walls and subterraneous rumblings died away there came the cry of dying horses the appeals for help of men and women pinned beneath the debris and the laughter of a few hysterical ones while here and there explosions of gas escaping from broken mains occurred with loud reports the first wild moment passed an intense quiet pervaded the people of the city cowed and silent tongue-tied by this manifestation of the supernatural they huddled half-dressed in the streets and looked at the swaying roof-lines silhouetted against the half-lit sky then some from courage or shame went inside to dress others had the hardihood to return to bed for one more nap in the streets a few low words were spoken the hushed words of a great fear but in the main people waited objectless in the streets wondering if it was all over then the drollery of the situation broke in upon them it occurred to them that their sudden unclothed flight was undignified even ludicrous some began to smile shamefacedly others crept under cover the suspense was over straightway all began to talk and gossip the earthquake was a general introduction everybody knew everybody else they laughed together at chimneys sprawled in the street and houses tilted out of plumb tales of the freaks of the tembler began to circulate of chimneys that were cracked across but not thrown down of bronze that broke and china that survived soon everybody knew that jones's house had moved on its foundation and that smith's marble steps had cracked and that brown's chimney was split across but still stood and that black had run frightened into the street and then dressed on his front porch throughout the greater part of the city 
north of market street and out in the western addition and over in the mission there was never a thought that this earthquake would be found any different in its results from any other it was a heavier shock than usual that was all it became a holiday a carnival leaving their bric-a-brac where it lay people went to see the sights to laugh at their neighbors experiences and to congratulate each other that it was no worse they set out to go downtown crowds collected on market street to see if any damage had been done to the big buildings they sauntered along easily and laughed at the strange appearance of rooms exposed by the falling of the front walls and at the terror the occupants must have felt they smiled knowingly and murmured graft as they saw the city hall walls lying in the street an occasional business man hurried along anxious to protect his records but for the most part the procession was one of curious sightseers the smoke of many fires rose before them and they wended their way to vantage places with never a thought that the fire department would be unequal to its task never before had it failed to handle every fire that occurred always it had protected them and their wooden city from the greedy flames they were in the best of humor when the soldiers took possession of market street the people took to more circuitous routes without complaint they had not waited for breakfast at home and soon discovered that they could get none downtown they walked far before they discovered that the cars were not running it was a long walk home yet they were happy for they were viewing a spectacle and that was worth while it was all a play a fantastic comedy this north of market street south of market the play was a tragedy there the decrepit ramshackles remnants of another generation flimsy with age tottering on their foundations had fallen into masses of splintered wood cheap lodging-houses and hotels had gone down burying their guests in the ruins quickly on the wings of terror spread the news that many buildings were down and many people injured and dying that fires had started all about hereabouts dwelt one-sixth of the city's population here the roll of the dead was longest here the fires sprung up the quickest and spread uncontrolled with greatest fury leaping across the little byways and racing pell-mell from street to street it was an agony of fear people saved a little whatever came handiest needful or useless and waited for the moment when they must give up their little remaining hope and flee some there were not strong enough to wait who gathered up their pitiful bundles in panic and hurried out into the suburbs many struggled bravely to rescue the injured from the oncoming flames from the first all there saw the coming of ruin and death in addition to the innumerable tumble-down structures which the earthquake brought to the ground as scarce more than kindling in many of which people were pinioned and burned to death a number of hotels and lodging-houses collapsed and buried in their ruins many who could not be extricated before the fire reached them such were the cosmopolitan the brunswick the denver wild rumors of cruelty and greed and murder among the injured afterward got about 
stories of men who begged to be killed and others who cursed their mothers of parents who left their wounded children unaided while they unheeding made their selfish way to safety stories too of fiends who cut rings from the fingers of the dead and of swift punishment by quick-shooting soldiers but followed out to the end most of these stories have been proved mere rumors the weird hallucinations of overstrained minds to the eternal credit of mankind it is known that here uncountable deeds of big-hearted unselfish kindness were done and that many who died beyond the reach of help closed their eyes without complaint stoics to the end the people who had gone about sightseeing after the earthquake found much to interest and amaze them although the big buildings downtown seemed entirely uninjured there were startling instances of the earthquake's power in various parts of the city imposing brick and stone buildings had collapsed streets and car tracks had been twisted out of shape in a few neighborhoods that seemed to have been especially hard hit by the shock at the city hall hundreds of tons of brickwork had crashed to earth in a moment the once imposing building had been stripped of all its pretense and its seeming strength half the building was in ruins the great bronze dome three hundred and thirty-five feet in height rose airily out of the huge piles of brick that had been its walls and columns its frame seeming strangely slight in the absence of the brickwork which had surrounded it and lay in monumental ruin below a group of massive columns with their gigantic cornice crashing into an apartment house across larkin street brought down its whole front wall the majestic theatre building a short distance away from the city hall was also demolished half the roof fell in at both front and rear the walls fell away for half their height the hall of justice on kearney street opposite portsmouth square lost much of the brickwork of its tower out in the park one end of the refreshment house at the children's playground a picturesque lodge of brick covered with sandstone completely collapsed at the girls high school which cost over ninety thousand dollars to build great quantities of the walls fell and all around the building cracks zigzagged up and down the bulging brickwork in the same neighborhood as the girls high school stood st dominic's church a massive structure of brick covered with cement one of its lofty spires was completely stripped of its covering from the companion spire all the brickwork of the tower proper fell away leaving only the rounded dome-like top like a giant toadstool balanced high on its fragile stem the walls of the church spread the roof fell in great cracks split the structure clear to the foundations a few other large buildings met the same fate the beth israel synagogue the scottish rite temple and the knight templar asylum all within a few blocks of st dominic's in each case the story was the same much of the walls fell away the roof dropped the wreck was complete a storage warehouse of four stories nearby presented a unique spectacle on all sides the wall of its upper story had fallen 
leaving exposed to view the varied collection of household goods stored within so that the roof seemed to rest on nothing but the close-packed goods below further downtown in the district of hotels and apartment houses other brick structures lost one or more stories from their facades in the same way apart from the large brick buildings so damaged and the numerous wooden shanties destroyed the most striking manifestations of the power of the shock were to be found in its effect upon the earth itself here and there in various parts of the city on valencia street near nineteenth about a mile southwest of the city hall stood the valencia street hotel a four-story wooden structure the earthquake spilled it out into the street from the windows of its upper story the guests stepped out onto the car track but in the rooms below some twenty persons were crushed to death the street in front of the hotel is twisted far to one side and has dropped several feet below its level the cable tracks heavy concrete conduits on steel yokes are bent sharply aside and broken as if made of clay on howard street two blocks away just beyond the fire line a row of houses leaned drunkenly on each other for support through here ran willow creek years ago and even yet perhaps some of the waters find their outlet beneath the loose soil which has been placed on the old bed it was on this filled soil that the valencia street hotel stood as well as the leaning houses on howard street when the earthquake shook things up the whole fill settled a little more compactly and slid a few feet along the course of the creek sidewalks and pavements and car tracks were twisted houses reeled from their foundations water pipes one of them forty-four inches in diameter were torn apart brick foundations at the edge of the fill cracked across and sagged the side walls of the youth's directory a four-story brick building resting on ground which moved unequally split from its base clear to its cornice fully as interesting as the row of houses on howard street were those on van ness avenue near vallejo street far to the north here the whole side of the gently sloping hill had been brought up to the grade by being filled with sand and here some of the most interesting results of the earthquake were shown on van ness just above vallejo the street lengthened out the cement squares of the pavement separating tilted slightly on the shifting sand beneath and twisting about with the shock arranged themselves fantastically en echelon the bituminous pavement on its concrete base split from curb to curb in several places and sliding down the hill produced alarming fissures in some places and in another a ridge of jammed-up ends of bitumen a foot in height houses and fences in backyards on the hillside moved down the hill strange curves appeared in the retaining walls along vallejo street but while the effect of the earthquake here was startling the amount of actual displacement was small four feet with a drop of about two feet in vallejo street on union street near pierce however the car track was shoved some six feet to the side and dropped almost as much 
The sidewalk, indeed, dropped several feet. The street there, however, was merely a fill on a side hill. When the earthquake came, it slid down into an adjoining truck garden. Lower Market Street, and the other streets on made land near the waterfront, sank noticeably, though without such picturesque results. Some old buildings tilted and twisted and leaned queerly, and lost much of their brickwork, and in some cases roof trusses unseated themselves. These were some of the things seen by the crowds who wandered about the streets after the Tembler. No one, individually, saw very much of the damage, for soon the people looked at the sky. Smoke was curling heavenward in many places, lazily, with all the assumption of a fiend sure of its power. End of chapter 2